Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as, or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. What's good, 365ers? My name is Britt Daniels, your fit life coach, yogi entrepreneur, and this is the Black Health 365, where it is our mission to be champions of truth and change by providing y'all with personalized healthcare information from trusted professionals. As y'all know, we are here to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long, and I'm excited to get into this conversation with my beautiful co-host. Greetings and salutations, 365ers, Jackie Page, radio personality and fitness coach, and welcome to the Black Health 365 podcast. We have, like Britt said, an exciting conversation to have today. We are talking about caregivers. I'm really excited to talk about this because um, as my grandparents age, I feel like in some way, shape or form, I've kind of stepped into a caregiver role. So it, it'll be really good to have this conversation and, and joining us today because we cannot have this conversation by ourselves. Uh, Jonah Francis is sitting down with us. Jonah is an active board member for the Alzheimer's Association, vice chairman for the Home Care Association of American of America in Connecticut and owner of Pansy Home Care Services and a mental health organization. A better way. He was also recognized as a 40 under 40 honoree by the Hartfield Business Journal and is a 100 men of color honoree. And his mission is to improve how we care for seniors, especially people living with dementia and how we support their families living in it. Talk about resume. Come on. Oh, y'all make me sound good. Thank you. <laughs> there it is. Jonah, what, what Jonah it's today. I'm doing fantastic. Um, a little bit under the weather, uh, but hey, you know, we're, we're here to help as best as we can, no matter how things are going. Yeah, I think we're all kind of dealing with a little, um, I don't want to say, of the year. yeah, it's that time of the year, like, you know, pollen is falling off the trees and the weather just won't figure out where it is. So no, I think we're all um, feeling that way. Uh, Jenna, we like to start things off here um, on the Black of 365 podcast by doing check-ins. So like, you know, really checking in with your mental, your spiritual, um, you know, like you said, physically, how are you doing? Um, so, you know, you said mm, not feeling the best. So how else are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, you know, I'm an avid believer in no such thing as a bad day. You know, we all have our moments, but that moment can't define the day. Um, other than that, you know, other than feeling a little bit under the weather, mentally, I'm strong. Um, I have a son. Uh, he's one and a half. Um, <laughs> uh, I have a beautiful fiance, uh, some lovely parents, uh, mother-in-law. She checks up on me all the time. Uh, and a phenomenal support system. I mean, from caregivers to office team. So like mentally, uh, I'm fantastic. 
Uh, so that's they're mentally, physically, again, a little bit under the weather, but um, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, like Jonah, I'm right there with you. Um, definitely a little bit under the weather myself. Uh, you can probably hear it in my voice, 365ers. So don't mind the Barry White today. Um, <laughs> but uh, even though you're a bad day, you're a Barry White, huh? <laughs> but uh, all is well under the sun. All is well under the sun. I'm glad to hear uh, everything's going well with you and blessings on your one year old. I know that's that's a, a gift of life for sure. Um, Jackie, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling pretty okay. I think like everybody else. Um, I recently had a like terrible bout with sinuses and allergies. So kind of pushing towards the end of that, but overall feeling good. Um, had a good Thanksgiving holiday with the family. So was, you know, was able to kind of just sit back, relax and, and chill a little bit. I didn't have anywhere to be anybody to answer to. So that was a great thing. I didn't ask, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? Jonah, how was yours? It was good. It was good. I, because I was under the weather, I spent Thanksgiving at home alone. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, everybody made sure I got my plates. So, you know, I, I watched the movies. I got to enjoy that a long time. And then I still got the food. So it was good. That's the big part. Making sure you got that plate. So <laughs> happy to hear you got that plate. Britt, how was your holiday? Oh, very chill holiday. I got to spend the holiday with my partner. Um, first time in a while. I haven't spent Thanksgiving with my family. Uh, so it was pretty chill for us. We just got Chinese food. We didn't want to cook. So uh, <laughs> we kept it real simple. Um I know you have a big family, though, Jackie, and I know that's always um, an, an experience for you going back home and, and getting together. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving's the holidays. Just, it's a lot of good things about it. And for other people, it can be a lot of anxiety and stressful. Yeah. Um, this year, we decided to go to one of my cousin's house houses for Thanksgiving. I mean, there was probably like 30 people in the house. We opted to stay for a solid like hour. Me and when I say we... So like my dad went in a separate car because he picked up one of my older cousins from um, a nursing home. And then like me and my mom went together and me and my mom only went for like an hour and a half because we had to go to my grandparents' house to spend and drop off some food for them. So um, a lot of moving around this Thanksgiving, but it's okay. I mean, it was fine. It was good seeing family. And then it was also great um, being able to spend some time with my grandparents. Um, so yeah, moving parts, but it's cool. We, we made it happen, Captain. Well, speaking of grandparents, speaking of family, it's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, National Family Caregivers Month, correct, Jonah? And with that being said, it's a season of giving. It's a season of being present with family, as present as we can. Um, and it's a season of living in service. And so that's a good transition um, in today's Dharma Talk. Uh, you know, 365ers, we start these conversations all with a Dharma Talk, which sets the tone for the conversation. And today's Dharma Talk is just recognizing the value of living in service to others. Because when you live in a purpose greater than yourself, do you find true meaning? You know, us, Jackie, as personal trainers, as healers, me as a yoga instructor, I can honestly say that when I get up and um, impact someone, when I impact someone's life, that makes me feel good. Um, and so I think it's just important that people take time to recognize that if you're feeling a little down and everything, stop thinking about yourself and maybe do something for someone else and put a smile on someone else's face. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think this is that season where, um, you know, you need to come out of self and think about giving to others and supporting others and being there in a support system for others. Um, because there's so many people that need help, so many people that need love, they need a hug. Um, so, yeah, love today. Start my talk, Britt. That was good. Well, speaking of others um, and family and 
talking, taking care of others and people who may be dealing with things that are different than others. Uh, we read this interesting article together, Jackie, uh, about Dementia Cafe in Japan. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so it was actually on the Washington. So y'all know I like to 365ers. Y'all know I like to be on social media. I know I like a good Instagram. So it was a post that was actually posted to the Washington Post's Instagram page. And um, like Britt said, um, there's a cafe in Japan where they will hire so to speak, um, people who have dementia and they can come in and be servers for a day. They do it. I believe it was twice a month, but it gives the, um, the patients an opportunity to get out and kind of mix and mingle and be interactive with people. Um, and also, um, gives them that, that feel of being needed, um, and being wanted and, and being there to help people, which, um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I've talked about it before on the Black Health 365 podcast about my grandmother kind of dealing with dementia. And it was just really kind of reading this and seeing this. Um, I wish it was something that we had here because it's definitely something I think she could use. Because um, very often I feel like she feels as though, you know, she's not needed anymore because we're doing everything for her. And she doesn't get to interact with people as much because, um, you know, there is that that bit of like nervousness of going out and, and not knowing like where she is and what's going on. So um, I really wish this is something that we had here so my grandmother could participate in it. Um, Jonah, what are your thoughts on this as a, you know, as a caregiver? Yeah, sure. I mean, <clears throat> you were talking about your grandmother. Uh, thanks for making it so personal because my grandmother also passed away uh, living with dementia as well on my father's side. Uh, but my thoughts on the Dementia Cafe, I think it's phenomenal. Overseas, they just have so many very unique um, things that they're doing for this community, this population um, of people that are living with dementia. I think these dementia cafes are phenomenal. We actually have dementia cafes in the U.S. However, However, a big however is, um, unfortunately, it's more so like support groups, right? So it's not where someone's going to go out and do exactly what you guys were speaking of from the article, which is uh, find some type of purpose or, or passion um, to be able to continue to, to feel purposeful and, and give back to the community. Yeah, yeah Bruce, what do you talk? Well, you know, I have a, a deep affiliation with Japan after living in Japan and most of my um, wellness journey started in Japan. And and um, just understanding the dynamics of that culture, you know, Japan has the one of the old, the most highest uh, concentrations of elderly populations and centennials. Um, and so with that in itself, there's already a unique culture of camaraderie between elderly people in Japan. And that's really cool. But um, similar to both of you, my grandmother passed away from dementia as well. And just seeing my mother and what she struggled with taking care of her as a young child, that was really hard to see. And many times my grandmother just was just left in the house and she seemed really lonely. And that was some of the earliest memories I have as a kid. And so um, it's really um, it's refreshing to see this. Um, and I hope, you know, the U.S. can pick up on this a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, sooner than later. Jumping right back in there, Jackie. Um, I thought one of the things that you both shared was the concept of um, doing for as opposed to doing with. And if we can start to establish more of that doing with um, so that, you know, we're focusing on strength and capabilities as opposed to what um, the limitations are, right? And figuring out how to maneuver around the limitations. I think that starts to refra um, reframe our minds in terms of how we're working with um, people that are living with dementia as opposed to just doing for, because of course, 
the more that we're focusing on those um, abilities and capabilities that still remains, the more that we're giving them those daily tasks and those tasks, you know, for some some of us defines the, the purpose that we still have in life, especially when we're breaking down what's left of our life into, you know, small tasks, everyday tasks. I think this is a good transition into this topic of being a caregiver. You talked about doing with versus doing for. And I think very often we get into the mindset or we think um, being a caregiver, you're doing for, not doing with. So can you um, just very basic level define exactly what a caregiver is? Like who is a caregiver? What do they do? Um, Honestly, I think that there's um, like two different layers towards, um, towards caregiving. Right. I I think that, uh, majority of us are all caregivers um, in, in some sense of the matter, whether it's for your partner, um, a loved one, uh, your, your child like myself, um, or even a, a grandparent, somebody that you're taking care of. I think um, as long as you're providing some sort of care in, in whatever capacity that you might be comfortable with providing that care, you're a caregiver. Um, and then <clears throat> that second more nuanced is a, a care professional and what a care professional is. Um, and again, you could be a family member that is a care professional. Um, but what a care professional is, is that that second tier, right? That person that steps up and says, I'm really going to figure out um, what caregiving is all about uh, and how to properly do um, those uh activities of daily living that someone is going to need in order to continue to live a, a, a fulfilled life. That's amazing. And I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. What prompted you to establish the Pansy's Home Care Service? Oh, good. <laughs> good question. Um, so yeah, we're all about family here, especially with within my family. I'm, I'm, I was born in Jamaica um, and my mom was the person that actually founded our organization. So Pansy Home Care is, is actually named after my mother who founded the company 10 years ago. Um, I joined her team about seven years ago. And even before that, uh, I like to tell the story. I was kind of voluntold into doing this. Uh, see, my background is in financial analytics and also sports media journalism. So um, I worked full time as an analyst. At, um, and then at nighttime, I would be running the running the running the beat. Um, at our local TV station here, uh, covering all of the, the the local sports, including like UConn. I even went to two Final Fours. We'll talk about that another time. Um, so I mean, it, it was really fun. But you know, wh- when my mom started the company, sh- she needed a lot of help. And the way I volu- I volunteered was whatever time I had after those you know two jobs, I, I would I would give to her. And it started to kind of unfold into giving more help on top of more help to the point where I said, you know what? One day I saw her little vision and I said, you know, what, mom, I think you could I think you could blow this out of water. And she goes, well, I need you to come help me do it. And that's kind of what happened. I gave my um, I gave my two weeks notice six months before I ended up leaving um, Cigna full time. And um, and, you know, the rest the rest is written, as they say. Was there any nerves around stepping away from, um, you know, your. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Our first profession into this caregiver profession because I feel like, you know, you're serving people, okay? Um, And when I say serving people, it's not like, oh, you know, just a little bit here, a little bit there. Like, you are literally like taking care of people and that can be difficult. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew nothing about this industry before I came in. My mom was a CNA. So uh, I, I don't know what kind of nationalities you guys are. Um, but as I said, I'm Jamaican. So when my mom came up here, I was one years old. So she came by herself um, when I was originally born. Um, and, you know, for six, five years, um, I, me and my mom, she would just kind of send things back to Jamaica. Right. So when she came up here initially, she, the first job that she was able to get was being a CNA. At that time, it was a six month training to to be a CNA here in the United States. Now it's like two weeks. Right. Um, so she knew everything about caregiving. My mom even used to teach all of the new caregivers that came in uh, for the um, organizations that she used to work for. But again, that wasn't my profession. That wasn't my background. Um, when I decided to step away from Heck yeah. I think this is you're the first person to even ask me if I was nervous. Heck yeah, I was nervous. That's why I said, you know, I gave two weeks notice and six months later is when I actually left. Right. Um, but I was nervous for a couple of reasons. I've, again, I, I don't have a background in this field. And also I, I knew at that time we could, I couldn't be paid. Um, so I had enough money where I was able to not be paid for uh, six months and then be paid $600 for an, a month for another six months and then $600 biweekly for another six months. To, yeah, right. Not a lot of money at all, barely enough to, to survive at that time. But because of my savings, I was able to do it, which afforded us the, the, the leverage and the capital to continue to reinvest into the organization, which got us to where we are now. So, heck, yeah, I was nervous. I didn't know it was going to take as long as it did um, for me to even be able to kind of, you know, subsidize my salary. Um, and and then in t- and that's just on the business side. In terms of the care side, um, dementia wasn't our specialty at that point. Uh, what really happened was I took a look at our census when I originally started. And the fact that my dad's mother passed away from dementia, it was just really my grandmother always said life is a series of uncoincidental coincidences. And that's truly what that was. It just so happened that almost 90 percent of our census was living with dementia. Right. Um, so we said, you know what, we're going to have to double down and, you know, really figure out how we can become specialized in caring for people living with this, this diagnosis. And that led me to just, again, uncoincidental coincidences. Right. I stumbled into someone from the Alzheimer's Association at a, a, a some type of like company event. Um, from there, it just continued to kind of learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And over time, all of that learning just really started to compound. Um, so I, I, that's kind of my messy way of kind of explaining on both sides, right? Financially, the, the business side, it was a learning process. And then in terms of becoming, uh, understanding what it truly meant to be a caregiver, especially a caregiver for someone living with dementia was also a learning process within itself. Can you break down to us the legal processes of becoming a caregiver? 
Sure. Uh, I mean, so again, you know, you have your two sides. So I'm assuming that we're just going to talk about like the professional caregivers, right? right? Yeah. So as of right now, at least in Connecticut, every single state is different. Um, but here in Connecticut, right, you you don't have you don't actually have to be a CNA, a certified nursing assistant, or a HHA, a home health aide, um, to be a caregiver. Um, Connecticut has this program um, called the um, Home Care uh, CAC, uh, Connecticut Home Care Waivers Program, right? And within that program, it's ran by DSS, the Department of Social Services, and they have something called a PCA waivers and that pca stands for personal care assistant waivers technically speaking you just have to kind of pass the test um that's loosely what the state requires from that waivers program even on the private market um you don't actually have to pass anything to become a professional caregiver um, but if you want to work in a nursing home or an assisted uh, living facility you have to be a certified nursing assistant or an HHA. I know that was confusing, so I'll make it even simpler, right? Um, if you wanna work in a professional setting, um, you have to hold a certification, which my mom back in the days, remember when I said she came up, it took her six months to become, it's now a two week certification course, right? Um, so companies like myself, you have to really figure out what caregivers are gonna need, professional caregivers are going to need in order to take care of your um, demographics and then be very um, nuanced with developing training programs so that people can understand how to care for the demographics that you that you are providing care for. Happy 62nd birthday, Granddad. Thanks, sweetheart. I got you this. A mug. Oh, thank you. Uh, what does it say? Beware. If you are 60 or older, you may be at increased risk of hospitalization from RSV. Respiratory syncytial virus compared to adults younger than 60. Not all dangers come with warning labels. Talk to your pharmacist or doctor about getting vaccinated against RSV today. Learn more at BewareOfRSV.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. Well, just speaking of in terms of the training process, um, what are some qualities uh, that you look for in an effective caregiver? Oh, man, that's a that's a good question. Um, right off the bat, and I think from any caregivers, you're going to be looking for somebody that's going to be patient and understanding, understanding in that they un they know what this disease or diagnosis that your loved one is going through looks like. Um, they know what to expect. And you're looking for someone that is has been trained enough that they can uh, respond as opposed to reacting. Um, now, the reason that respond as opposed to reacting is important is because a lot of times you have to go through what we like to call situational based training. So you understand some of the um, episodes or situations that you're going to be placed in, especially when you're caring for someone living with dementia. Uh, Jackie and Brett, I'm, I'm sure you, when you guys saw what was going on with your loved ones, it wasn't just all, you know, smiley faces and kisses every single day when you're caring for someone with dementia. I'm sure there were some challenging moments um, within there as well. Right. So if you don't understand those challenging moments, what's going to happen when someone says, get the hell out of my room? <laughs> and I'm being very nice with my, my terminology. But when someone says, get out of my room or when someone, um, you know, tries to swing at your face or something along those lines, if you don't know how to respond appropriately, you're going to react. And a lot of times uh, we're human beings, right? We're all rational thinking people until you're placed in a situation that you've never seen before. And then your reaction might not be the best. So we like to get caregivers to um, the point where they are understanding how to respond 
as opposed to reacting. So again, patient understanding and the ability to respond over reacting. I know in a professional setting that caregivers can be compensated, but if I'm not in a professional setting, can I still be compensated? And then also, are there resources that non-professional caregivers can get for their family, you know, friends that they're caregiving for to kind of make things a little easier to, to help them care for the person that they um, they're helping out? Uh, um, so in in terms of if you are not a professional caregiver, yes, you can still be compensated, um, at least in Connecticut. I know that there are current programs like the support and planning coaching. Um, that's another waivers uh, where family members can actually get paid for taking care of their family members. So if you're not in Connecticut, I'm sure that there are programs similar to it within your own state. I don't know what it might be called, but there are programs similar. You just got to do a little bit of homework, a little bit of resource uh, research and reach out to even like your aging, your area agency on aging. They might go by different names, but every state that I know of, at least, has these resources that are available. So yes, you can get paid, um, even if you are not a professional caregiver that works for an organization that takes care of someone else. If you are a family member looking to care for your loved one, you can be paid for it. Um, you just got to find the right resources to do so. And then Jackie, what was the second part of that question? The second part was, um, are there like, Along with being paid, are there like certain benefits or certain resources that I can get to help me be a, I mean, not a professional caregiver, but caregive to the best of my ability? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So just like I was talking about that that um, program before, um, and again, to name that program is the Support and Planning Coach Program. Um, it's another waivers program, but there are definitely resources. Like, for instance, the Alzheimer's Association in every single state here in the United States, um, they have um, grant programs. Um, they call it respite grant uh, where families can get up to a certain dollar amount in order to like re invest into respite services. Now, that family member doesn't get paid. They give you that money so that you can pay a professional organization like myself or an assisted living association or assisted living um, facility so your family member could go and stay for a little while so you can get that respite care that you need, right? You get to relax and take your breather and, and, get, and, and get your mind right to get back into the fight because every day is a challenge. Speaking of challenges, could you discuss more challenges? that McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Caregivers may feel and go through just the, the stress, um, needing time 100%. for respite. A hundred percent. I mean, um, 
I believe I want to say it's around 70% of caregivers go through burnout, right? Um, and that within itself, I mean, professional or even paid caregivers go through burnout. And a lot of times it's because you're giving so much, right? Um, if you're not a giver, you, you can't be a professional caregiver. And, and quite frankly, um, if you don't understand how, what your capacity is to give, you can't even be a, a, a good family caregiver, right? Because you're going to continue to burn yourself out. And the more you burn yourself out, the more it's going to actually impact how you're going to support the next person, right? Um, so apart from that, I mean, the, the statistics are there. I just don't have them in front of me to, to really name them off. Um, but, you know, uh, caregivers report being financially strapped as well. A lot of caregivers suffer because not only do they have to, you know, give, they're that primary referrals, uh, uh, reference source for the person that they're taking care of. So if something goes wrong while, you know, they're at home, who's getting that phone call while you're at work, most likely it's going to be you. And when you're at work and you continue to get interrupted at work, what happens? Then you get reprimanded by your boss when you need to consistently, consistently leave in order to go help out your loved one and things are not going as best as they can. Now you're, you know, find yourself in a position where you could potentially now lose your job, right? Because now you're choosing between work and bringing in income versus taking care of that person. So not only the stress, which then leads to burnout, but also the financial stresses and burdens that come in that. And we're not only talking about you taking care of someone else, right? Potentially you taking care of your mom or something like that, right? What about if you're in the sandwich generation where you now have, like myself, you have, you know, a child, a spouse, um, a partner, and then you have yourself in the middle, and then you have a family member, whether it's a mom or a grandmother that you're in charge of taking care of. That's a lot of burden. That's a lot of pressure. And let's face it, none of us ever learned how to care for someone that is older than us. You know what I mean? We've gone through, you guys know better than me. You guys are coaches, right? Y'all have gone, you guys can coach it because you've been through it before. Your journeys, your path of physical and mental awareness and fitness, you've been through before. So you can coach someone else on how to get uh, and how to get to where you guys are at, right? And that's the same thing when we're thinking about life coaches. They've been through it before, but aging coaches, who's been through aging? Who's been through uh, adult advanced aging? right? You haven't been through it before. So the only way to really be able to support somebody is to go to the people that have, understand what you don't know, and um, lean on people for whatever the information that they do know so they can prepare you as best as possible. And that was actually going to be, I guess, my next question is, as a caregiver, um, you know, what advice would you give to somebody that is a caregiver right now? And they need balance. They need to figure out a way to not be burned out because it is a lot. The balance exists. Is there such a thing as balance? Oh, man. I like to think of balance as integration. Um, that's how I like to think of balance, right? Um, everything is everything. So everything is intertwined and you give some, you, some days you're going to give more of yourself in other departments than you are in, in certain other departments. So, um, and you just got to be all right with that. And I think if you think about balance in that way, um, it, you feel a lot better. And, and at least that's what works for me. Um, but if you're trying to, you know, really be the best caregiver that you can, um, the thing that I like to always tell people is um, you got to take a step back and really there's there's always a bunch of problems. Right. But you really have to take a step back and define what success looks like for you. And when you're defining what that success looks like for you, you also have to make sure that you're defining what your capacity to give is, because if you like, let's let's say, for instance, right, um, you say, I want to take care of my mom. 
all right, but you still got to work. You still got to feed your child. Um, you still have um, those needs and wants that you would have as a human being. So uh, let's work around that instead of just working with the, I want to take care of my mom, because by working around that, you can now give what give to your mom what you have the capacity to give, which is going to make you feel whole. And then you can start looking for care teams, right? People to join your care team, whether that is professionals like neurology. Again, I'm talking dementia here, like neurologists or a professional care organizations like myself, um, family members and stuff, and can start to fill in the gaps as to what you don't have the capacity to give that they might be able to have the capacity to give. Um, so I'd start there. You got to define your. You got to define what success looks like, right? When a year from today, if you say I'm gonna take care, I'm gonna go down this path to take care of my mom. What does success look like? And then what's your capacity to give? And then who's going to join you on this journey to, to taking care of mom, right? Those are, I think, without a doubt, the first steps that anyone has to go through. No, that's really good information right there. Um, no, that really, really good information. Um, I feel like in uh, a lot of things that we do, <laughs> we don't define our capacity and then we find ourselves burnt out. So I think that's just good from... Um, not only a caregiver standpoint, but just a standpoint of just like, you know, working in life in general is define that capacity. So that's good right there. That was a dumber talking. It says, what did you say? Balance is integration. That was a beautiful statement. Um, John, it has been volumes of wisdom in this conversation, and I'm sure there's so much more to say. But as we're closing, we'd like to do what we call what is your 365? What is a takeaway message that you would like to leave for our listeners in whatever capacity that makes sense? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, I, I didn't really think about a takeaway message. Um, so I'm just going to go off the top. Uh, take care of your mother. Right. Regardless of what that might look like for you. And I'm so serious when I say take care of your mom. If you don't, if you know, if it's your dad, take care of your dad. Um, but we definitely have to do a much better job of caring for the people that cared for us. Um, that's my resounding message. And if it's not your mom, if it's not your dad, take care of the people that take care of you. Um, that's what I, I guess that's what my message would be. And if you're looking for support and understanding about dementia, um, you know, at, at my, the first thing that I would do is really just understand what dementia is. Um, and then you can move from there. Cause I feel like once people truly start to understand it, um, it opens your mind up to how to help the person that's, um, you're trying to support. I love what you said earlier than this notion of doing with versus doing for, as that would shift the narrative towards more holistic support in the community. This is the black health 365. Jackie, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Y'all came in here and was like, let me just drop these gems on y'all real quick. So, uh, yeah, I know what's going on. Jonah, thank you so much for joining us today. If people want to find you on social media, is there somewhere they can follow you at? Oh, sure. It's listen, the number two, Jonah. So listen, the number two, and then Jonah. I know y'all went to church at some point in your life. So Jonah and the whale, you know what I'm saying? Listen to Jonah. The name of the business is Pansy Home Care. And that's pansycare.com. And then in terms of mental health, uh, the name of that organization is A Better Way. And that is abetterwayct.org. 365ers, go ahead and hit that follow button. As always, if you ever have anything that you want us to cover or dive into, you can hit us up on Instagram at Black Health 365. Again, that is Black Health 365. Go ahead and slide in them DMs. You can find me on all social media at Love Jack Page. 
And you can find me at ProfitFitness.life. As always, 365ers, it is your responsibility to be an advocate for your health. And at the same time, support those who support you. Peace, namaste, and love. Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels, created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez, executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell, editing and production, Jahi Whitehead, sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.